Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. I just feel his presence. This morning we had a great day in church and there was such a freedom in the house. Prayed for one lady, she got filled with the Holy Spirit at the door on the way home. <laughs> Others came to meet Jesus. In the first service, I, God spoke to me and said, There's, I, I saw in the Spirit people where the presence of God came and started to touch the pressure points in their neck and their shoulders <clears throat> and God's healing came. And one of the ladies come running up to me after the first service out and she said, that was me, that was me. She said, today we were supposed to go to Brisbane for, for scans to try and find out why I've had all these uh, excruciating headaches. And she said, when you spoke that, I felt something happen and it's all gone. The pain was all gone. She's moving her neck around. She was so excited because she was healed and free. I said, God, you're in the house. You're in the house. Before we share the word, the guys that are in the front row of transformations, one, two, three, four, five, six. As we were worshiping, the Holy Spirit said, pray a prayer of blessing. Do you guys want to come out? I don't want to embarrass you. I just want you to come out just for a minute. Just come and join us. Just, just, just face me. Just face me. You're in the front row of the transformations. I felt the Lord say, because you prepared to be in the front row, and your hearts are open, God just wants to bless you. What's your name? Todd. I just glanced around my worship and I saw you just reaching up to heaven. I felt the Holy Spirit say, as you praise me, the name of Jesus with all your heart, things are just breaking off your life. I saw things that have been attached to you and hooked to you in your mind and heart. And so I see them just dropping off. The more you lift up the name of Jesus, it's like this power flowing and the other stuff can't stay attached to you because of the name of Jesus. I just saw freedom over your life. Freedom. As you lift up your the name of Jesus, there'll be strength flowing. The other stuff will be broken off your life and will not be able to stay attached to your soul. Oh, in Jesus' name. God, fill his heart. Let him just wake up praising you, Lord. Lord, let him just annoy the others because he's praising you all the time, Father. Let just a praise, a song, the name of Jesus. was so on his lips, oh God. It's going to overflow it. Oh, God. God says, don't run. Only run to him. Only run to him. The temptation's been, it's, this is a challenge, but you've just said, no, I'm not running away, I'm running to God. Oh, and no matter what news you hear around you, God says, look up to me, because I've heard you cry. I've heard you cry. Oh, I've heard the cry of your spirit, saying, I want to live in freedom. I want to live in freedom. And God says it won't be like in the past where you've gone round in circles. This time, you're going through. You're going through and forward. You're going through in Jesus' name. Tim, isn't it? Tim, Timothy. That's a great name. My son's name. But Timothy in the Bible was a man of God. And you're a man of God. You just love his presence and you love truth. You can't handle deception or lies. You love truth. And I just see the Spirit of God saying, Tim, 
I've called you to be one who loves the truth and is going to help explain the truth to others. God will give you an ability to explain truth to others and they'll just get it. It will like he'll give you word pictures, he'll give you an ability to just communicate truth to others. Father, just give him such a hunger for your word and truth. It will just, oh, just fill his heart. Lord, nothing else will satisfy his heart like the word of the Lord. It will be like food for his soul. And your Holy Spirit of truth will so lead him in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for my bro. I love his smile. There's just an authenticity about you that's so refreshing. You just want to live in freedom. Nothing else really matters right now but freedom. The enemy's contended with you. He's tried to torment your mind. But I just see the Spirit of the Lord saying, as you run after him, nothing else really matters. And all those other things that have been weighed on your mind and heart, anxieties and fears. The Lord would ask you the question, what are you afraid of that God's not afraid of? Wow, that's a big question. He says, if God's not afraid of it, you don't need to be either. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Fear has no place over your soul. Perfect love drives out fear. Jesus. I think for this young man, Cody, isn't it? Got baptized the other week. Wow. I love the courage of your life. Some of you think, well, I'm not sure if I'm a, a leader and whether I can really fulfill my destiny, but God says you can, Cody. There's a courage in your life. There's a quiet, but a, a strength. There's a strength in your soul. I see strength coming. And when other things come against you, I see you're going to grow in a deep peace and a courage that no storm can blow you off course. There's a strength and a courage in your life which is really precious, Cody. And God says, I've taken your hand. I love your handshake. You've got a really strong handshake. That shows there's courage and strength in your soul. And he says, I'm going to take you so strongly and hold you so strongly. I'll never, ever let you go. Lord, just bless Cody. Reach out and let's pray for him right now. Lord, bless Cody. Let him know your freedom and power. Nothing can stop him and separate him from the love of God. Oh, Jesus. Adrian, that's a great name. Wow. I've just watched you grow and grow and grow. Freedom is yours. <clears throat> the word freedom means the place, the domain, the dwelling place where free people live. And God says, I put you in a place of freedom. And you're going to grow in that freedom. And I see you speaking and telling others and praying for others to come into freedom. And it'll just happen really naturally. They'll come and start pouring out their hearts to you. You say, well, why me? Because they trust you, and I see God's going to build such a place of trust. You're going to be a safe person for people to trust you. And that's a miracle. You know that's a miracle. That's a big miracle for you. But I see God saying you're going to become a safe person for others to open their hearts to, and you're going to be able to help lead them to Jesus. Father, 
you've started an amazing work of grace and in Adrian's life, he's going to be a safe place, a safe refuge for many to share their hearts with. I pray that in the name of Jesus. God, Holy Spirit, just fill him there. Let your presence just pour over him right now. Let your presence pour over him. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, just speak in a heavenly language for a moment. Speak the name. Just pray in the Spirit for a moment because the Holy Ghost is doing a work. Holy Spirit, let your presence and power just flow. Jesus, we lift up your name. Your grace over Adrian, over these six men, Lord. Let them become champions. Let them become warriors. Mighty men for you, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we lift you up on high in Jesus' name. Speak to us through your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a big hand. Thanks, guys. Woo! Thanks, team. Let's take our seats. This morning I spoke on hope, the influence of hope. The person with the most hope has the most influence. And if you, that's so true, isn't it? If you walk into a workplace and everyone's doom and gloom and overwhelmed and someone comes in with hope saying, wow, what an awesome day. And they look at you for a while a bit funny. But after a while, I think, wow, what a better way to live. Full of life and hope and grace of God. Tonight, I want to talk about the awe of God. A little word, A-W-E. The awe of God. Where sometimes you're just in His presence and you're just overwhelmed. You're there's been times where I've just run out of words. You ever had moments like where you run out of words and it's like God's presence is so powerful? Or you, you look at someone's face and you see freedom written all over their face. Or you pray for someone and you just feel the love of God just overwhelm their soul. I just had the joy of praying with one of the families this morning. One of the guys in transformation, his wife was here and children from Toowoomba and I just felt the prayer, prayer of blessing. As I did, tears are running down her eyes and she just felt God's love. I mean, that, that brings awe to me every time when I see the love of Jesus reach into a person's heart and they, they're, they're not tears of sadness, they're tears of joy and tears of the presence of God coming over their heart. What about seeing a newborn baby? The awe that comes, you think, Wow. Or maybe the most amazing sunset with all the colors and the streams of light. and It just takes your breath away sometimes. One of the most awe-inspiring experiences I ever had was I went to the Niagara Falls. Who's been to Niagara Falls? A few of you have. I happened to be in Canada in 1994 to a conference. We had one day before the conference started. Someone said, let's go and see the Niagara Falls, about 100 kilometers away. It was supposed to be snowing, but the snow was two weeks late. So everyone had disappeared. There was no one around. There was hardly anyone in the whole city or around the falls because they closed down the beginning of November because the snow comes. It was two weeks late. So we got there. There's no one around. So we were able to get right up close. I was able to go into the tunnel and stand with uh, about halfway down the falls. And here's this two-meter wall of water roaring past me about five meters from my face. And as I stood there in the roar of it, I had a holy moment of awe where I just, I couldn't move. I was just overcome for about two minutes. I thought, wow, if this just one little part of your creation, I was struck with awe of the awesomeness of God's creation. I just had a God moment there. It was just so 
impact you. I've never forgotten that. And you look and see the awe of of miracles happening. And we've seen people's legs grow and and bodies get healed in our church here. And and, and the awe of you see someone realizing, I've been healed. I've been healed. The pain's gone. The part of the bodies, like uh, Maddie that was... uh, uh, last year when Dion Hockey was here and some of the ladies were getting healed of their back pain and the legs growing and he felt this something happening in a tingling in his ankle where it had all been smashed in an accident four years before. He went home when he took his sock off, went to have a shower, he realised what had been just tissue was now solid bone. While he was in the meeting, God healed and replaced the bone that had been destroyed when a car ran over his uh, ankle four years before. So he came back the next night and said, I think something's happening to my leg. I said, let's give it a look. And I felt it. And Dion prayed for him. And he, turned the, he just held his uh, ankle and moved a bit and it all just cracked all into place. And the next day, that night he was jumping on it and went playing touch football the next day. Totally healed. I mean, you'll just see the look on his face, the awe that comes when a miracle happens, the awe that comes when a marriage or a family is restored that was all torn apart by pain and conflict and jealousy and sometimes immorality and sometimes addiction to watch. We've had the privilege of doing renewal of people's vows and some of those have been amazing stories where they'd been separated sometimes for a long time and then one or both of them come to Christ and they come back and, and they, they want to renew their vows. I thought, Lord, that is amazing. God doesn't want you to lose the awe of life. Because if you lose the awe of God and life, you often become careless and waste your life. Tonight I just want to talk a little bit about the awe of God. Acts 2.43 says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. This is in the early church. There was a great move of God and thousands of people getting saved and healed and filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says they were all just in awe. They just didn't know what to say sometimes. Acts 2.3 in the Amplified says, And a sense of awe or reverential fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles. The days are coming, folks, where the awe of God's going to be in the house It's going to be in your household. It's going to be in our community. When the awe of God comes, the conversation in the shopping centers changes. The conversation around our families and uh, around the uh, lunch table at work starts to change as the awe of God starts to overflow a community. It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen because God said it will. The Holy Spirit brings an awareness of the holiness and greatness of God. When you lose the awe, you can become careless with your life and the things of God. I watch people that have encountered the awe of God, then they just got busy about church life and became careless and familiar with the things of God and they forgot how awesome it was. And that's a dangerous place to be. You then drift and you can get into religious thinking or you can get into careless thinking. But how awesome is it when, when you come into worship and you, I just can't wait for the first song to start because I know whew, the presence of God just fills the house. I can't wait when we start to lift our hands in worship because I just feel His amazing presence. Every day it's different, but I'm 
I, I'm expecting just to meet with God every time I come to church. When you're home, you open the Bible, I was sharing this morning, I'm up to Leviticus. I'm reading through the Old Testament, I'm thinking, Leviticus 1 and 2 was my reading this morning. I think, God, what am I going to find there? There's burnt sacrifices and there's all this stuff in the temple. And, and then I'm reading through and the Lord said, when you bring a sacrifice, make sure it's got no blemish. And the Holy Spirit said, there's the word for you. Give God your best, not your leftovers. So that was my word for today in Leviticus of all places. God can speak to you any place. Do you have a awe of the word of God when you're reading through? Don't get familiar with it. Say, oh, it's a bit boring. Read another version. Do whatever you need to do to let the Word fill you with awe. What about a beautiful flower or a tree? I love trees. Since I'm driving around the bush, I just look at the trees. I'm thinking, what an amazing tree. We were on Fraser Island the other week for our wedding anniversary. We were walking through the, one of the walking tracks. and They got all these big scribbly gums and those little borers whatever they get under the bark and they leave all these amazing patterns on it wow god your your nature is incredible animals are a gift of god i'll leave you roaring laughing or frustrated most of the time animals <laughs> hebrews twelve twenty six says at that time his voice shook the earth but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful, and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Oh. God wants us to know his intimacy, but also his power. The blessing of knowing our awesome God. It says to worship God acceptably with reverence and fear. Do you realize God is not just looking for worship, he's looking for worshipers. That's what it says in John 4. It says, the Father seeks those who will worship me in spirit. He's seeking the people who will worship him, not just the worship. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for your intimacy, your response, that song that just pours out of your heart. And if you say, well, I'm not a very good singer, that's okay. I reckon we've all got good voices. Some of us have just got a rough passage out. <laughs> Make a joyful noise to the Lord. God loves us and it, it overflows our heart because he, he wants it from your heart. I mean, you're not good at singing, clap those hands. Jump up and down. Do whatever. Lift your hands. Let your whole being just respond to God because let me tell you, something's released over your life and God loves those who worship Him in spirit and in truth. <coughs> it says that God's a consuming fire, but it says He's also a loving Father. How's that work? It looks, sounds like they're opposites, but they're actually two sides of the one coin. In the Bible, there are true, I call them truths in tension. The kindness and severity of God, the intimacy and the fear of God. Two sides of the one coin. Faith and works. God says, you've got to believe in me by faith. And James said, if I don't see any works to demonstrate your faith, where's your faith? They seem like opposites. But they are two sides of the truth about faith and relationship with God. What about God's sovereignty and man's choice? 
Some of you will say, well, those that are going to get saved, God will draw them anyway. But we have a choice whether we respond to it or not. And so they're both totally true, but they appear like opposites. There's a whole lot of them in the Bible, and God gives us grace to understand how they work. How about faith for the ideal and faith for the real? Daniel 3, 17 and 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three young guys in a foreign land, taken away as captives, and now King Nebuchadnezzar puts up this huge statue and says that when the band plays, you've got to bow down and worship. All the local people said, yeah, we've got to do that, otherwise he's going to take us out. These three guys says, no way. We're not going to worship a false idol. We're going to worship the true and living God. So when everyone else bows down, they're still standing up. It's going to be a bit like Tim and I in Thailand. Everyone's about this high on us, so they're going to see us in the crowd. <laughs> the King Neb gives them a second chance. They still stand up. So he gets furious and says, I'm going to throw you into the fiery furnace. That was their way of dealing with those who didn't obey the king. And the story is, and, and in Daniel 3, 17, it says, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace... The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Faith for the ideal, our God will deliver us. If he doesn't, do it when and how we think, we're still going to worship God and not bow down. That's mature faith. That's mature faith that you trust Him with all your heart, whether it comes the way and time you think it does or it doesn't. That's faith for the ideal and faith for the real. And I love God and His Word. And then it goes on that the king saw, he says, how many did we throw in there? Threw in three. They were bound up with ropes. He looks in and says, how come there's four in there? They look a bit closer. They said, the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Jesus showed up in the fiery furnace and they grabbed him out and it says there was no smell of smoke. Their hair wasn't singed. That's a big miracle. After my barbecue and camping experience, you don't have to get too close to a, a gas bottle or a gas light. You get singed real quick. The only thing that had been burnt off was the ropes that had been tied him up. When you are in the consuming fire of God, he will burn off the rubbish, but he won't destroy your soul. He'll set you free to live. The king is so amazed. Then Daniel becomes the prime minister, and down the track, King Nebuchadnezzar has one of the most amazing conversion experiences. He was the, the godless ruler of the largest nation on the earth at that time. He has an encounter. He gets warned that if he doesn't obey God and yield to God, his life would go into chaos. Twelve months to the day, he went crazy and for seven day, seven years ate grass in the paddocks because he went crazy. And at the end of that, he came to his sense and says, Daniel's God is the true and living God. So that whole nation, that whole area was transformed because Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego obeyed God and lived for him. Wow, there's some great stories. That was the awe of one of the greatest transformations in his time. When God's Spirit moves in awakening revival, certain things start to happen. Supernatural becomes more common. Awareness and awe of God greatly increases. Genesis 28, 17. Jacob, he was, he was afraid. He had a vision of the angels going up and down on the ladder. He says, how awesome is this place? 
This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Some of you had amazing dreams sometimes. God allows us to have dreams, not nightmares, but dreams of spiritual things, supernatural. You'll be, you'll be reading in the Bible, hear someone preach, and then that night you'll dream about it, and God will give it in, in multidimensional color. Wow. Some of you dream in black and white. Some of you dream in all, all sorts of amazing color. You can hear the voices of the people and see their faces. And <laughs> Jeremiah 33 verse 9 is one of our key verses for our church. And this is what the promise says. Then this city will bring me renown, joy, praise and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. Folks, that's one of our prophetic verses for our church, this city, and I pray that over and over. And I saw it again last night when I was preparing. This city will bring awe and praise to God for what He's going to do. And last week we are at the men's conference up in Bundaberg, and uh, Andrew Kabbalah was there, the guest speaker, and he had a word over me as we are all just at the altar responding to God. And he says, I see God bringing a great prophetic release in your life and church. And I see many supernatural miracles and tr people traveling from afar to come here and get healed and restored. And he didn't really know who I was and my spirit's just leaping inside. I had a chat to him after. I said, wow, Andy, that is so powerful. I said, tell me how you move in the supernatural. And he helped me understand some of the keys to step into that dimension of the Spirit of God in and through our lives. Psalm 65, verse 5 says, You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God, our Savior, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the Father of seas, who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders. Where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. Woo! God is so good. I just want to stir your heart today. If you've lost, lost the wonder and awe of your journey with God, I pray that it comes back. If you've never experienced it, I pray that it will flow again. If you've been in a valley of grief or discouragement or depression, I pray you'll come out the other side and you will be, once again experience the joy and the awe of the gift of life. Oh, God. You're so precious. It goes on in Psalm 66, verse 3 to 5. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise you. They sing the praise of your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for mankind. Wow. Come and see what God has done. I love that. Come and see. The song that they sang after they got through the Red Sea. Miriam got out the tambourines. They were all dancing around. And they sang this amazing song of how God brought the people out of, the, out of Egypt. They said, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. Wow, wow, wow. We need to celebrate. Not sure if we need the tambourines back, but we need to celebrate. <laughs> How awesome is our God. 
Let's have a look at a couple of examples from Jesus before we wrap it up tonight. Luke 4, 5 verse 24. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. They hadn't seen this sort of stuff from the days of Elijah about six or eight hundred years earlier. Maybe more. Jesus forgave his sins. This is the guy they let down through the roof. Four of his mates, the paralyzed guy. There's a whole lot of people today that are paralyzed, not necessarily in their legs, but they're paralyzed in their minds. They're paralyzed in their hearts. The Bible says in the last days, a lot of people will be without love. They won't know how to give love and receive love. They won't know how to trust people. They won't know how to feel acceptance. So many lives have been torn by pain and rejection and brokenness. We've been torn by addictions and strongholds over our minds. So many people today are paralyzed in life. They can never achieve their dreams without Jesus' help. We need to have the wonder and awe of people's lives set free from the paralysis. They can get up and run and fulfill their journey of life. They can love and be loved like God called us to. They can give and be forgiven. God can heal your heart. You say, well, you don't know what I've been through. I don't, but God does. And Jesus (coughs) says, I've come to heal the broken heart and I've come to set the captives free. And that's his journey. And that's the awe that he wants to bring into our lives as we keep trusting him. The Amplified in verse 26 is an overwhelming astonishment and ecstasy. That's not the... uh, drug ecstasy this is amazement and joy seized them all and they recognized and praised and thanked God and they were filled with and controlled by reverential fear and kept saying we have seen wonderful and strange and incredible and unthinkable things today Woo! they were just out there because they saw a guy healed and forgiven he walked home. Hallelujah. Here's another story of Jesus in Luke 7:11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. A fu- he interrupts a funeral. Every funeral Jesus went to, he wrecked them, including his own. The only son of his mother, so she was a widow and this is her only son that had died. And a large crowd from the town was with her. So we got the, can you picture this? The funeral's coming out, they're carrying the boy, his dead body. There's a huge crowd coming and then Jesus coming this way with all the disciples and another huge crowd. We've got probably thousands of people just about to, to meet. And look what happened. Jesus couldn't walk past this opportunity to reveal his grace and love and compassion. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry, as if she's just lost her only son. Here's the whole town grieving with her. They're going out to bury him. Then he went up 
touched the bear or the cortege that they were carrying him on and the, the bearers stood still. He said, young man, this guy's dead. So Jesus just speaks to him. Not recommended unless you really know God's telling you to do this. Young man, I say to you, get up. Now he's got thousands of eyes looking at him. The dead man sat up and began to talk. Woo! And Jesus gave him back to his mother. I think one of the other versions says he was probably about 12 years old. They were all filled with awe and praised God. Wow. Can you picture this? Thousands of people, Jesus in the middle, just raised a young man from the dead. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Now you might be saying, well, that hasn't happened in my life yet. But boy, we can carry the love and hope of Jesus into a whole lot of broken hearts. Into a whole lot of people that have lost awe in their life and they just mundanely going through the motions. Waking up, going to work, going to study, doing their family duties, eating, coming home, going to sleep, getting up the next day and it just goes round and round. You know, you hear on the, the radio, they can't wait till Friday comes so they have a good weekend and something different might happen in their world. Then they get to Monday, they can't remember what they did over the weekend, and then they start the whole cycle again. I thought, wow, isn't that so sad? They've lost the awe and the wonder. We're created in the image of God to love Him and love people and have adventure and excitement and achieve goals and, and love and help people. I thought, oh God, there's so many people. They just exist. They survive. They don't thrive. But as Christians, we can thrive. We can have a sense of purpose and fulfillment, whether we're uh, doing our work and our different skills that we use in our professions and our relationships. We can thrive, not just survive. They were filled with awe. The Amplified Version says, Profound and reverent fear seized them all, and they began to recognize God and praise and give thanks, saying, A great prophet has appeared among us, God has visited his people in order to help and care for and provide for them. Wow. One of the versions says, God has moved into the neighborhood. Oh, I love that. <laughs> He's moved into our neighborhood through you and I and our church and the other churches of our city. The message says, they all realized they were in a place of holy mystery. Wow. Holy mystery. That God was at work among them. They were quietly worshipful and then noisily grateful, calling out among themselves, God's back, looking to the needs of his people. The news of Jesus spread all through the country. They didn't know whether to be quiet and worshipful or noisily grateful. Can you imagine what happened in that crowd as the two crowds mingled together? <laughs> I, just, I wonder how long that went on. I reckon they were there for hours. The celebration, the people, the professional mourners that have been hired to mourn, they were out of a job, they were unemployed right now. And, and, and just, can you imagine what really went on there? The Bible doesn't fill in all the gaps. But wow, 
And then they went from their place and they started sharing the news about Jesus. He raised the young man from the dead. The awe that came. Folks, God's going to do more and more amazing things in and through our lives. And I shared this morning, with God, the, the natural and supernatural are all flowing together. We're the ones who have trouble with the supernatural because we live in the natural world. But God wants me, more of us to learn to just put a foot into the kingdom of God and the life of the Spirit where the supernatural becomes more common and His kingdom becomes real, that forgiveness and restoration and hope and transformation is not something ex the extraordinary, it becomes common in the good sense that more and more people are experiencing it. Oh Lord, help us. Help us to experience that awe over our lives. Wow. Lastly, when you have the awe of God, it will mobilize you with faith. Nehemiah is helping build the walls of the city has all the people mobilized. For hundreds of years, the walls have been torn down and the broken walls meant their lives were vulnerable for the enemy. It's like when, when our soul's walls are broken, the enemy can come in and just rob and steal from us. The walls of our soul or our mind. That's why God starts to restore us. And, so, and there was a lots of attacks. All Sanballat and Tobias and all the, uh, all the ites used to come and yell at them and tease them and say, and even if you get that wall built, a fox will run on it and it'll fall over. So while they're building, while they're doing God's work, there's people jeering and yelling at them the whole time. <coughs> Just like Moses building the ark, the people were jeering at him. What are you building, Moses? Uh, Noah? Just building an ark. What's an ark? It's going to rain. What's rain? They hadn't seen rain. What a tough assignment God gave him. 120 years it took him to build his ark. I don't think it was because he only worked one day a week and holidayed the rest. I think it was just a huge job to do. Didn't have all the tools we had. Nehemiah's rebuilding the walls. All this opposition. And then Nehemiah says in 4.14, After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. I want to say we need to fight for our families, fight for our sons and daughters, fight for our community. Don't let the enemy keep robbing and stealing from everyone around us. Let's stand up because our God's awesome and let's fight for freedom over our people. We need to step up and get in the army of God and fight for those for freedom in our lives. Wow. Over the New Testament, Acts 4.29 says, Now, Lord, consider their threats. They've just been thrown in prison, some of the leaders, for, for uh, praying for the girl to get, uh, no, the guy to get free. He got healed. Consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow, wow, wow. They were... They're having this prayer meeting and the whole place started to shake. I'm sure a couple of them looked out and said, are we getting an earthquake? They do get a, earthquakes in Jerusalem, remember? When uh, Jesus died on the cross, it said an earthquake came. When the stone was rolled away, which was celebrating Easter Sunday, another earthquake came. So they did get earthquakes in that area. But it wasn't a natural earthquake. It was the presence of God came and actually shook the whole building. But more so shook their lives 
and filled them with his power. And when the awe of God comes, you will step up and you will start to see amazing things happen. And I believe that God's calling us to step up and see that happen. Worship team, come on up. Psalm 145.5 says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works. And I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. Wow, wow. How long's it been since you had a moment with God where your breath was almost taken away? Where you felt and saw His presence in someone's face that just caused you to cry with joy? How long's it been since you had a moment with God in your special favorite chair? Or your special spot on the beach or under a tree or in the bush or in your back garden. How long's it's been since in worship here you've just so abandoned yourself in God that you felt his presence just sweep over you? I hope it's not too long. I love the Lord, I love his presence. But if I go more than a month without being captured and crying in his presence, I think my heart's getting hard. I'm just so busy with other things. That's my journey. Some of you have never felt his presence like that. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking that heavenly language, there's a spiritual part of your journey which you are not able to connect with easily. And tonight, I just want to take a few moments in his presence. Before we finish tonight, let's stand in the presence of God. We're just going to worship Him for a moment as we sing this song. Just let the presence of Jesus capture your heart. If life's been tough, there's been lots of challenges, why don't you just give that? The Bible says, cast your cares on the Lord. If torment and sin and stuff has tried to rob you, why don't you just surrender it to God afresh tonight? If you've never really experienced the love of Jesus, why don't you open your heart tonight and say, Jesus, I really need you. I want you. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.